Captain's Log, Episode 64. This week's episode of the Beer Avengers Podcast is sponsored by the Beer and Cheese Collective, located at 35-11 Dittmars Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Enjoy their eclectic array of craft beer, artisanal cheeses, and specialty grocery items at the Beer and Cheese Collective. On this week's Six Pour Beer Cast, Captain of the Beer Wonder welcome back guest Beer Avenger Globehopper for an unprecedented dive into the world of mass-produced adult beverages, as well as a return to some favorites. Somewhere in there is a weekend beer, as well as another visit to Globehopper's home brewery. Remember to like, star, and subscribe whenever that feels appropriate. And send us your emails at thebeervengers at gmail.com if you have any questions, suggestions, or if you just like hearing us talk about you on the show. And now, without further ado... Please enjoy episode 64, Macromania. Well, we're the beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers, beer, 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 Avengers. We're the beer, Avengers. Welcome to the beer cast, everyone. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Astoria, Queens, I am Captain Porter Brownstout. And coming to you from an undisclosed location in the County of Kings, it is I, the Beer Wonder! And coming to you from an undisclosed location in the borough of Brooklyn, it is I, the Globehopper. And we are... The... The... some asmr right there like people are gonna listen to that and they're gonna get that tingly feeling in the back of their heads yeah yeah like it wasn't the... wasn't really fully synced up but i think that we got uh, oh, no. some bits and pieces of it and yeah no it was uh it'll uh it this yeah it's all it's it's asmr a little bit of uh new news anyway uh enough <laughs> enough, self, enough self-flagellating commentary welcome to the beer cast everyone it's great to have all of you here it's great to have us here uh great to have the globe hopper back in the house again Thank you. Uh, very just, happy. Just just hopping on by like you do sometimes, you know. That's that's, that's why they call him the globe hopper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've uh, you know as we mentioned on the last episode, we've uh, we've been taking a little bit of a, a scatter shot uh, release schedule this summer just because uh, we're getting a little busy. And I know I may have mentioned last time that uh, I'm having a little harder time finding uh, some uh, really interesting beers, but I have to tell you. Uh, we all found some really good ones that we couldn't wait any longer to to put on the show. Uh, you know, we've been doing mm-hmm. this for almost two years. Can you believe that, uh, Beer Wonder? I, it's it's utterly shocking to me. Uh, and and the thing is, it it is a testament to the beer world out there that we have not yet won out of run out of unique, excellent, wonderful craft beers. It really shows that the scene continues to expand. Yeah, we are. We really are committed to unique local craft beer scene, and uh, and 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 I'm just really excited to dive into what we have here today. Um, well, you know, uh, he's 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 been here often enough that I I almost mm-hmm. feel like uh, he's the closest thing we have to a guest since he's not here every week. So, do you suppose I that uh, we should let the globe hopper go first? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. All right. I mean, seems polite. It would only be polite. It's naturally. See, yeah, he knows. Yeah. He understands. He, he understands yes. how this works. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I wanted to try some I am the globe hopper, so I have you to are. bring something international. Uh this okay. one is I'm gonna call it a hybrid international, but Ooh, it, is, okay. it is international. Um okay. this is a very big can. Um, oh, it's very large. I don't think I've seen a can that big ever. Yeah, no, I think you only get a can this big, um, uh, when you get a can of oil back in the 50s. Yeah, I, it, I was suddenly having flashbacks to Wizard of Oz when they first meet the Tin Man. Uh-huh. Uh, so the oil yeah. can! Uh, oil yep. can! <laughs> this is just a classic lager. Um, okay. It is a, uh, you know, it is celebrated worldwide, and it is just a okay. classic Foster's. Oh, fa- Foster's. Foster's. Oh. Does that mean Foster's. anything? Foster's? Foster's? So, yeah. Not hard to, now, the, the, the logo has the big F and the O on it, so it's making me think maybe we need to really emphasize, like, the O. I'm not 100% sure. Fo- maybe it's Foster's. Foster's, maybe it is, yeah. That would yeah. that that would yeah, make that's sense. That would make sense. Let me okay, Foster's, yeah. 
Okay. Oh, oh my nice. goodness. Wow. That was, nice I mean, crack, it's a big yeah. can with a big crack. I'll say that much. Yeah. Oh, this one's going to be glass. hard to pour. I know. I need a big glass for this one. Let's see. I know. Yeah. It's very important. Big can, big, we don't have to fit it all into the glass. Yeah. yeah I, it's a, there's a lot happening there. Oh, very, it's, very golden. Oh, geez. Very oh, wow. healthy head. <laughs> yeah. It's just jumping out of that, that can. Oh my goodness. Very intense head. Well, it's a, it's a, that's a big can. It's hard to pour something that large. <laughs> big can, big head. Big but pause very, very to let light. it all subside. Pretty yeah. much see-through, which yeah. is good. But yeah, that nice really light straw color. Yep. Pillowy head, very nice. Yeah. Okay, wow, this this one is intriguing. Yeah, all right. I, Fosters. Beer Wonder, I want to see what you brought. Okay, well, so here's the thing. I I, I mean, I, that was a very large can, Glow Popper, I, I, I must say. Uh, my can uh, it, it, it is, is uh, it doesn't have the girth that your can does, but it does have the height. It's a little bit taller. Okay. Um, it, it is a unique style of can, uh, that I believe is referred to as a tall boy. Okay. Now we haven't, yes, I've heard we that. haven't, we haven't, we've had a lot of pint glasses. We've had a lot of shorties, but I don't know that we've had a tall boy specifically. Now this, um, can is specifically known for its can art. Um, it is very green. It has a very traditional, like, kind of Polish, and I think it's not Polish. It's um, like a Czech symbol on the front here. See the floweriness there? Mm-hmm. There's um, sort of like a wheat uh, element here, and you can see some hop binds on it. And it does have an A and a B on it in uh, in sort of a, a, a historic font, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. um, now this is a specifically flavored version of it. It is, um, it's a lime version of this unique beer. Um, and it is specifically in, in very large letters on the can. It does let us know that it is brewed with lime peels. Oh, lime okay? peels. Yeah. So I assume that they're artisanally so it's grown. natural. Um, very natural. Yep. Um, I understand that there is some rice in this one, which is going to give it a, a, a lightness to it. In fact, lightness is right in its name. Uh, I believe it is pronounced Bood Light Lime. Bood Light Lime. Interesting. Did I, do, do we think I said that right? I think so. I, I, I think so, yeah. Okay, it does, it does look right. Okay, well, I'm going to see how this one goes. Okay, here we go. Oh, nice crack. Yeah. I know. Very, very delicate for a can this size. My goodness. Okay, here we go. Okay. Oh, Ooh, I can really very frothy. I can sm- very frothy. I can smell the lime already. Oh gosh, it's. I mean, it may it may be as clear as the one you had, Glow Popper. I mean, I feel like it's a very very see through beer. But oh, I can really smell it. Mm, it's and it's got. I can smell the maltiness already. But I also have got some lime jumping out at me. Mm, it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited about this one. Excellent. All right. Well, um, Captain, what have you brought us? Well, this is a, it's from a Wisconsin brewery, uh, dates okay. back to the mid 19th century. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's got a really interesting logo there. It's got a, um, sort of a blue and white, uh, sort of uh, thing as if it's an award winning beer. It's maybe has oh. won awards, but it's like okay. there's an award right there on the can. Uh, uh-huh. and apparently it's a new strain of this beer, uh, oh, wow. Coming in at a 6.5% ABV. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, this is what we call our uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon Extra. Ooh. Extra. So Ooh, fancy. So, so usually it has a white can, but this is a black can. Uh-huh. I think oh, the wow. extra is the 6.5% ABV. There's no real indication on the label as to how they got there, but it is okay, a 6.5% yeah. ABV. So let's just open okay. that. Well, I mean, it's, it's also a tall boy, a... I should say, okay, which you can yeah. see next to the. The can. Yeah, it, it's exciting to have an award-winning beer on 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 our sure. little podcast here, isn't it? Always. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. Yeah. Ooh, also very uh, very light, very light in color. It's a light colored day for all of us, it seems. Yes. Okay. Wow, I'm I'm excited to hear about this award-winning beer. All right. Well, I think it's time for all of us to to uh, raise a glass. Cheers, beer Avengers. Cheers. 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 Mm. That's um, interesting. Mm. I mean, it tastes, it does taste like a, like what I think of as a sort of a, you know, I, I believe this is a lager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't, uh, doesn't, yep. does not specifically say on the can, but I believe this is a lager and it tastes like kind of a, you know, classic lager. I mean, this is a very, when they say light lager, they're not kidding. Yeah. It's very light. It's, it's, um, 
It's very light. I mean, it, you could. I feel like you could drink this entire um, tall boy, uh, and uh, it would almost be hydrating. Yeah, I th- I, that, that's. Uh, it does remind me of the old uh, Monty Python joke. Actually, this one is is a little less light in taste. But as far as what you're referring to, you. I think we talked about this in one of our early episodes. Uh, you know, the whole Monty Python joke about American beer. Uh, no. Oh, it's a. Uh, I mean, I- it's. It's an awful lot like making love in a canoe. It's fucking close to water. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, this is very gentle. I mean, it does have a distinct lime flavor. I definitely do get that artisanal lime feel to it. Yeah. Um, But I mean, it's, it's very, it's so light. It's just incredible. I don't know that I've had many beers that have been this light. Um, Globehopper, how is the Foster's? Uh, The the Foster's is great. Um, So it's very light. Uh, There Mm -hmm. is a slight sweetness to it, which is kind Hmm. of nice. Um, and then there's even a mild, um, citrusiness on the finish, Oh, which okay. is kind of, it's, uh, quaffable. I know. Okay. Like to say here. Um, and crushable as well. Mm. Uh, I have to check on the ABV on this one. Yep. I mean, it's not, you would think with this can, it would be easy to I know. Find. One would. Uh, well, mine is 4.2 while you're checking, just to clarify the boot light line. For such a large can, it's surprising <laughs> that it is so hard to find your ABV. It is. Wait, it's, uh, wait, wait. No, uh, I don't see it. All right, we may have to go to Google for this. We'll, I'm not we'll sure. do some think, research. Yes, exactly. Well, when you when you get such rarefied beers like we have today, it can be difficult to uh, it can be difficult sometimes to get a, a good statistic without doing a little extra research. So as you have uh, no doubt surmised listening to so far, this is our macro show. Uh, this was, uh, this was. I, I feel like you were, this is something that you, I, I know Huck will be very disappointed he wasn't here for this one. So no, he I th- won't. I think, I, I think the next time he's on, I think he would, he should, he should certainly be encouraged to, if he wants to have, uh, uh, you know, if he wants to, to bring one of those, it's either his first or second pour, he's welcome to. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, uh, yeah, this was something that you've been pushing for a while at Beer Wonder. So, uh, so what what made you think this would be a good idea for an episode? So, I mean, so first I, you know, we, we, we like to talk a lot about, you know, the, the rarefied pearl, you know, world of craft beer, but for many people, you know, the first beers that a lot of us encounter are these larger mass produced things. And they could be a Foster's, it could be a Bud Light Lime, it could be a PBR, perhaps Blue Ribbon. Um, and so I thought it was like important to kind of recognize some of the like big mass produced beers. And as people who have, you know, been, been learning about beer and enjoying more complicated and complex beers than these are, I think it's sort of interesting for us to take a step back and, get to remind ourselves about what these like big macro brews can can do because i'll be honest sometimes i want my triple ipa with four different kinds of hops that comes in at 11 percent. but every once in a while i just need a bud light lime they serve their place and so i wanted to give them the due that they require on our little show here well i'm i think i'm gonna say i don't i can't think of a situation where i would need a pbr extra but i would certainly not turn up my nose at it uh, it's, it's, I mean, the, I, we, we talked at some point that it would be a good idea to, to bring beers that maybe were cheap beers we had when we were younger. Um, I'm old enough that most of those don't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, I mentioned that this was from Wisconsin. It does say when I mentioned that it was a PBR was apparently established in Milwaukee in 1844. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and although my dad just turned 81, he does, he's not quite that old, but it was a beer of his childhood. Uh, and I, one, I remember at one point him teaching me when I was a kid, uh, he said, you know, what? A- ask any person of my generation, uh, just say, what do you have? And they'll immediately respond, Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh, wow. Because they had a very popular jingle in their commercials. What do you have? Paps Blue Ribbon. What do you have? Paps Blue Ribbon. It didn't go. There's that. There's not many more lyrics than that. I think, what do you have? Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon. Beer. I, I think it's really it, that entirely that's catchy and you know it not only is is it a hipster beer uh now but it's also being embraced sort of celebrated by that by some establishments will have a happy hour specifically with paps blue ribbon on special 
because they can sell it really, really cheap. And it's not just those things where it's not even a bait and switch. You know how some bars will have uh, select drafts for happy hour and, and they'll all be the select. There'll be a place that has some really good beer, but all the select drafts, they will only select the the macros. Mm. It'll be it'll be like uh, Bud, Bud Light and uh, maybe uh, Rolling Rock. <laughs> Or Yingling, something like that. There's like a number of things where you know that's what it's going to be. But I see places like specifically like dollar dollar PBR for happy hour. Which, I mean, if that's the experience that you're looking for, that's not terrible. You know, I, well, I remember my dad taking me to a smash burger in Dayton one time and, and he specifically took me there because he wanted to get the dollar PBR. Well, there you go. So you picked yours for nostalgic reasons. I picked mine because I actually like Bud Light Lime. I feel like I'm one of the like 10 people left who actually enjoys it. I find it to be a delicious, refreshing beer to have on a hot day. Um, Globehopper, I want to, f- why did you choose the Mysterious Fosters? So uh, Fosters does actually have, I used to drink this a lot when I couldn't mm-hmm. afford a lot of beer because it is 23 and a half ounces of beer for $2 usually. Oh, wow. Two to three dollars. So um, I have a lot of long nights with with Foster's because <laughs> it's yeah. just you get one and you, you, that's the only one you need. You don't need more than that. Yeah. Um, but Boy, it's also can. it is officially international, but it's mostly not. Um, mm-hmm. But it was officially it was originally brewed in Australia. But it was uh, an American oh. brew in Australia in the late 1800s. Little known. Oh fact. wow! Yeah. Yes, I know a lot of Australians are, are are very amused by the fact that Americans think it's a popular Australian beer. It's not. It's mostly brewed in, uh, I think, in in England now or somewhere. It's in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I went there uh, same year we started the the podcast, and I uh, I did not. I don't think I saw Fosters anywhere. But that's their that's their slogan, where they say uh, you know Fosters Australian for beer. It's you know no, it's not. That's not no. No. Well, I'm glad that you brought us a little bit of international flavor there. Um, but uh, but well, I was first introduced to Bud Light Lime actually on a tour of the Budweiser factory. Um, I was doing a theater works tour for those of you who remember our artistic backgrounds and we stopped uh, and as a group went in there because of course when you go they have a little like soda machine of beers at the very end and you're supposed to get one but no one monitors it so we naturally tried all of them um, and Bud Light Lime was the one I kept coming back to and so I kind of just fell in love with it it became my little refreshing beer of choice um, and when I worked for the museum company I worked for for a bit uh, it became known that it was my preferred beer so whenever we would have like an outing someone would always buy me a Bud Light Lime. And so I would often like find myself toting one home with me. Uh, and then it became my thing. And I often joke with people that like, I will take a good beer any day, but there are just some nights that my little bodega on the corner, they know when I show up that sometimes I'm going to stumble to the back and I'm going to show up with a tall boy of Bud Light Lime. And that's just the kind of day we're having. You know? I mean, honestly, it's one of those things I didn't even know was was still being produced or if it was easy to find, uh, because I think most of my knowledge of it comes to a, from a fictional character named Stephen Colbert. This is not oh. to be confused with Stephen Colbert, the host of The Late Show, okay. uh, even though they are both played by the same person whose name is Stephen Colbert. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, he had a he had a show called The Colbert Report. It was a spinoff from uh, The Daily Show. But he yes. played a fictional version of himself who was still named yes. Stephen Colbert. And I, I I don't know if he got a sponsorship or it seemed like it was a joke or if he actually liked it. But at some point or another, he would often, any excuse he could have to bring Bud Light Lime onto the show. Well... They must, there must I mean, have been some kind of sponsorship thing, and uh, on some level he might have liked it, but he also was bringing it out because it was amusing. Yeah, and I'm saying the man's got taste. So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if the fictional one does or not, but I, uh, <laughs> but maybe ma- maybe he does in that realm. I mean, it's uh, yeah. there's a lot of things where you really don't want to align yourself with the fictional Stephen Colbert. Kind of a right wing hack. That's that's true. That is very true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, again, okay, not to be it, confused with the with the guy who is there now, who won't even say the former president's name. Yes. Uh, um. Well, but but so my beer came from my local bodega. I paid a whopping three dollars and forty nine cents for it. 
Excellent. That is how much it cost. And I know bodegas are a place where those of us who live in Gotham City often get our beers. So I'm curious, True. when you're going to your local corner store, bodega, a place where you can get beer, what like, what do you find at your spot? What do you feel like the bodega beer scene is looking like right now for you? And I know we're all in different parts of Gotham. Yeah. So I'm curious, Glowpopper, I know you're a little bit more in the center of Brooklyn. Yeah, so I'm huh. cent- center, a little bit further south. Um, so depends on which bodega I go to. Oh, okay, we've got one, options. If I go to one, I can't pronounce anything in that bodega. Mm. It's all in, I'm guessing, Russian or Ukrainian. Um, Interesting. They're all imports. Um, I can't read any of it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's kind of fun, though, because it's kind of a lottery of you don't know what you're going to get. Um, so there's always that option. And then I can just go to the our other bodegas, and usually, you know, they have everything they have your macros, and then they will almost always have uh, Sam Adams of some sort. Oh. And usually one of the seasonals and one of the uh, Boston loggers. And then they some of them even have a Brooklyn Brewery as well. Oh. So you can get semi-craft beer-ish, um, which is kind of nice. So you can get – and you can also get – one or two or a couple so you know they're which is always the the plus side if you don't want a full six pack of of something yeah i think singles out of a local corner store are actually a nice element because you can just like if you need one you just go off and do what you need to do with that single one if you're not looking for a full night of craziness that makes sense Mm -hmm. what about you captain yeah, uh, I you know it's interesting. I don't I don't go to bodegas a lot in my neighborhood. For me, a lot of times it seems like if I'm going to a bodega, it's because I'm in a neighborhood that I'm I uh, don't live in because there's just so much access. So for me, less less a, a, a bodega beer, but I'd be thinking more of a grocery store beer. Although okay. I will say that the bodegas in my neighborhood, uh, generally speaking, have some good beer selections. Uh, they, uh, the, yeah, they they. Uh, but so do the grocery stores. I, I so I would say like, uh, and and the the trade fair in my neighborhood is twenty four hours. Mm. Uh, so if I'm going there, the other grocery store these days, it's mostly. Uh, I'm often going to our sponsor, the Beer and Cheese Collective, and and Beer Wonder did want me to, even though we didn't, we're using our lovely Beer and Cheese Collective glasses here. Beer Wonder wanted me to remind all of you that yes. none of these beers are sponsored pours. <laughs> No, uh, you 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 should not go to Beer and Cheese Collective looking for Pabst Blue Ribbon Extra, uh, but uh, you should go there because there are lots of wonderful beers there. Um, so if I'm not going there and I'm going to the grocery store, more often than not, I'm coming home home with a Founders Porter. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's it's one I often will find myself taking to parties. Uh, I also sometimes if I have a bunch of really great beer that I'm saving for a beer vendors get together. And I want to resist drinking it before anyone comes here. It's a really good one to have there sort of a buffer to, to, to save my uh, other beers to share with my friends. Uh, and we, and we've all, we, we, we've gone through the whole discussion of the, I actually haven't looked up lately to see how founders is doing and how big the fuck founders movement is going anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I hope they're starting to learn and actually be better. Uh, because if they don't, I, I, I may have to find another go-to and, and it just, it, I seems like I could, uh, at this point I can always find Founders Porter. So if I just need a six pack where I don't have to think too much about what I want, that's what I usually bring home. That's a reasonable go-to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so in my neighborhood, I have both a bodega and now a grocery store. And this was very exciting when we got the bodega or oh, yeah. we, sorry, when we got the grocery store. Um, and when I was going to get my beer, uh, I first went to the grocery store because they have a full wall of beer. And believe it or not, I could not find this beer there because the it is half like kind of fancier macros. So you can get like Tecate or stuff like that. That's a little bit more like interesting, light stuff and they had some like just cans of Budweiser but otherwise you know they had like the East Ciders in Tall Boys and stuff like that those were your options or they had some of the dogfish that come in like an individual serving size um 
And then everything else is craft beer. And so when I wanted to go to this, I actually had to go to the bodega, which also has sort of been flipping the script a little bit, because as I was looking for this, I actually had to go digging for a Bud Light Lime, um, which kind of hurt my soul because it used to be right there. It used to be the thing I could just like sneak in, grab and walk out with. Um, but it would it had sort of been overtaken by a lot of things from Threes, the Vleet, their wow. light, their lighter beer their I believe it's a Pilsner. Um, yeah. It was like front in charge and you could get them by the singles there um but usually when i go to a bodega and like i'm in someone else's neighborhood like you're saying captain and i'm maybe going to a party and i want to bring some beers um oftentimes i find that an easy go-to for me there is stella okay because i feel like for most people stella is sort of that like ah i'll just have a stella beer you know what sure. I mean? If you're at a if you're at a bar and you're looking at the thing and you're not 100 percent sure what's going on there, and you're just like, ah, you know what? I don't want to bud, but I'll have a Stella. It's like the one step up from maybe something kind of questionable. Sure, I think a lot of us saw Shock Top the same way for a while. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or Land yeah. Shark. All, all, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not a good beer. I mean, it's 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 no, not even it's a good not. it's not even a good bad beer. It's like, but I feel like Stella can be. You know, it's it's a step above the other macros a little bit. Uh, Why do I mean, you, you say that? I guess it, it, if I, I haven't had one in a long time, but it felt like it was. I mean, it just it's it's it it had a more. I don't know. It didn't it didn't taste as macroy as the other ones. I don't even know I, at this point. I'm having a hard time describing it. Uh, I'm curious with like with this PBR that I'm having is that I was looking up some online reviews and some people were saying. It's 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 not bad. It's a little sweet. It has a little chemically thing there. I'm not really tasting the chemically thing, but I, uh, um, that's you know, I I can't say specifically why I think Stella is. Uh, I I do, I do think that Heineken is better, and because I feel like there's some that there's another one. Uh, in fact, I almost brought that tonight. Okay. Because when I was when I was first coming up, uh, that was a beer that uh, it was sort of it wasn't. Definitely not a, a cheap, cheap beer, but it was one where when you're 20, let's say one, uh, you're uh, fair. It's one of those things that like, this is a special treat. This is like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy something a little bit nicer. And so Heineken was, was that step up, even though like now a lot of other things have left it in the dust. Heineken was like, okay, I'm going to splurge a little. And, and Stella, I think when it first came out, before we had the choices we have now might've been in that same category. I get that. I mean, I met some Stella reps at one point at a, at a get together. Um, it was a weird Brooklyn house party. So we're already in a weird, unique situation in the like, in the like 20 teens. Um, and so they had sponsored the house party, which again was already kind of confusing, but yeah. the rep, I, the rep I met basically said that they, they knew that they viewed themselves as the default beer and they were totally fine with that. Okay. Uh, and I always felt like that was sort of like, yeah, you do feel like the default beer that said, like when I now think about a default beer, I'm going to go a little bit more globe hoppers way and like grab a Brooklyn lager. Right. Mm -hmm. Or or a Sam Adams or something as a like, ah, I'm going to be with smart beer people. I should probably if I'm getting just like a drinking beer, you know, I'm going to show up with a Brooklyn Lager or I'm going to show up with a Sam Adams, maybe the seasonal just for kicks to sort of like be in there. Is that when you're sort of just like grabbing a six pack for to go to a place where you don't know if you're with beer people, Globe Hopper, is that sort of how you go or what's your like pick up and and go beer? No, that's usually how I go. Okay. It's because. One, you know what to expect with those, um, mm -hmm. but they're nice loggers, but they have a little bit of an oomph to them as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's right on that line of that craft versus macro kind of teetering, tottering, uh, which Sam Adams, as we know, even helped establish the line of what a micro and macro brew was because they kept wanting to up the volume because Sam Adams kept making yep. more and more beer, uh, which is, which is like, like, no, 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 it's 2 million. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but with that, it's still like, you know what to expect. You're going to get the same thing. I mean, it's the same with a Stella. Like right. you get a Stella anywhere in the world. It's going to taste the same. Um, but yeah, that's kind of with me for like a Boston lager or a, or a Brooklyn lager, uh, or, 
a, a summer ale of either of those is always nice in the warmer months. But yeah, you don't know who you're going to be with. It's You're not the person bringing the Bud Light, but you're also not the person bringing the four Milwaukee's pack. Milwaukee's best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not bringing the Colt 45 yeah. either. So, you know. Exactly. Right, yes, right. Yes. It's uh, it's and, and that's one thing when you're like trying to make an impression, but also even when you're in some place where you're thinking, well, I don't, I, uh, I, I, I'm not. Sh- I, 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 I want something that I, that I will like and appreciate. And like, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy the cheapest thing there. But I, this, I is good enough, and I'll know what it is. Uh, interesting talking about Brooklyn. I, I told the story uh, way back at the beginning. Uh, but the first place I ever got a Brooklyn uh, beer from was a supermarket. Mm. It is in. Uh, uh, it was a. Uh, I believe the name of the supermarket was it a Sea Town or was it the Met? I don't even know if the Met is even still around, but there. But I think that's what it was. It was right off the Astoria Boulevard stop. It's now a Staples. Uh, but I, but, but I was, but I was in that grocery store, uh, and I found a six pack of Brooklyn Brown, and I said, I I want to take this home. Uh, and I I don't think craft beer was even in our vocabulary because this was probably 1997, maybe 98. Wow. Um, uh, and uh, and from that point on, I think there actually was a bodega down the street from me on Steinway Street that had it as well. But for a while, yeah, it was like any time I would see Brooklyn Brown, I'd get that. I mean, always, it's, still all, good. it's still a good beer. I agree. I think it's one of those things where this is one of the things why, where trends make me mad because brown, brown has never been a trendy beer. But I still right. think that Brooklyn Brown is... I mean, I love their black chocolate stout as well, and as well as well a few number others. But I, uh, Brooklyn Brown has always always been a fantastic go to for me. Right, and I think that's the thing is that once these places start to get bigger, we kind of start to write them off, right? Like I have a long term sort of love hate relationship with Goose Island because I remember them when I went to Chicago and met them before they got all in bed with AB InBev and became this sort of like big thing. But I still think that some of their beers are really excellent, and so it kind of becomes hard well, to write them off once I, they get. I, I, you know. I feel like when we have when we have the beer ventures events at my place, you're the one who's always saying, "Let's have one of those Goose Island barley wines." Well, I mean, yeah. I, I have them in there. I tell <laughs> you they're going to be there, but I feel like you're you're pushing it more than anyone else, and I well, yes. respect you for that. Yeah, because I think sometimes, you know, it, I, I like there is that sort of I feel like I'm often hurt when I find out that one of my favorites has, you know, sold out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, Coney Island, um, which is a place where I spend a lot of time and have perhaps had some weekend beer things to share, um, but uh, it is partially owned by our friends at Sam Adams. And mm-hmm. initially it felt a little bit like, oh what's going on here but they're continuing to put out interesting unique things and so like how do you deal with that idea that your favorite brewery who was doing all this cute creative fun stuff is now starting to go big and mass-produced and corporate like how does that affect your beer drinking with them we've talked about this before and i'm gonna sort of die on this hill if necessary is i don't think pairing with sam adams really means selling out I mean, within the within the craft world, yeah, because I think I think that they they seem to have a track record of allowing people to keep their own creativity, like especially. Yeah. And there's no better example than Dogfish Head. Dogfish right, Head exactly. is as good, if not better, than they've ever been. Uh, if anything, their association with Sam Adams has allowed them to have more distribution. Yeah, well, I know, but I mean, but sort of on the flip side of that, when goose sells out to ab imbev like that taints a lot of people's ideal ideas of you know of their beers the only way and, i find that to be especially apt and correct uh if that's not just a synonym is uh is is that i feel that the goose island you see at bars is always not very good like the is it the three twelve or is it another three digit number? There's an the, there's the, an IPA that is like a go to if like it's just basically someone pretending they have craft beer cred even though they just have an AB AB Goose Island. And it's not a very good one. 
Well, there is a Goose IPA, but there is a 312. Like, they have a number Three, okay. of them. Yeah, yeah. And I remember their their OG IPA was one of my favorites. It was one of the ones that got me into IPA drinking. Yeah. Um, you know, and I always joke that I still will find that beer and drink it because also they have the little goose yeah, it's thing. Cute. that you, It's adorable. And I want to see the guy, like, take his hand and, like, wring a goose's neck while he's drinking, which is sadistic and terrible. But, you know, whatever. Um. But like, there's always, I think people sort of run that fine line and I'm part of me is like, you know, get, get, get when the getting's good a little bit, you know, my friend, the, the folks down at Coney Island. Yeah. They, they, they outsource all of their like core beers, but they still produce really good stuff. And, you know, I've had some unique, interesting, fun things that have come out of their doors, um, you know, and, and they're still employing unique, creative, interesting people there. So it's not like they've totally, you know, jumped the ship. Yeah, macro in and of itself. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jonathan. Oh, no, I mean, I was, uh, globe hopper. <laughs> I don't know. I was just going to say, uh, actually, one of my favorite stouts I've had over the past three years came from Coney Island. Mm-hmm. But they released, it was a half caked. It was a chocolate oh, yeah. cake milk stout that they released in mm-hmm. July, which is the worst time to release that kind of beer. Uh, Most definitely. It was, Only if you're not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I had it a few times and it was amazing and it was delicious, but it was, it tastes like cake batter. Um, but yeah, no, they're still making excellent beers, but I yeah. think the flip on that is yep. play a little bit of a devil's advocate, but that's all right. Sure. I love it. Um, that's why with, we're here. Yeah. With that, they have full control, but with goose Island, if I remember correctly, they sold the recipe. So the recipe actually, actually that is correct. Changed. So that is that's the difference of mm-hmm. selling the recipe or selling the name. So, mm-hmm. you know, do you send the name for further distribution? Like Coney Island with Dogfish Head, even Sam Adams. Um, yep. Or are you just, are you actually selling the actual recipe to someone else like they did with Goose Island? Um, because I was doing a little research with this. I'll go on a little tangent. Don't worry. Go for um, it. I love it. This five percent beer is hitting me. It's fine. I love uh, everything about it. Globe Hopper. This six point five is hitting me too. It's a tall boy. Remember. <laughs> I know my 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 oil can. My twenty three ounces is coming out. Oil can. Oil can. There you go. Um, but we need to make that a sound anyway. Continue, Globe Hopper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, like um, Kona Kona Brew Pub or Kona. Brew right. Company. Yeah, Kona. So mm-hmm. they are owned by AB InBev as well. A little known fact. A lot of people don't know this. Mm, but they okay. are owned actually by their craft beer division. So they have oh. an independent brewer's division that helps brew uh, all their beer along with Widmer Brothers. And I, I believe Goose Island is actually still within that mm. category as well. Um, so it's their craft beer division, but they all of the major money distribution and everything is then done with by AB InBev. Mm. But even though their major distribution is happening in California, they are still part of an independent craft brewers guild mm. in Hawaii. So they can do that fun stuff, just like Coney Island. They can yeah. and Dogfish Head. They can do the fun stuff with local fruit, local produce at the small brewery, but all their mass produced stuff is going to be overseen by AB InBev. So if I get a beer from Kona in New York, it's AB InBev, but if I go to Hawaii, it's If Kona. you go to the brew pub right. on in Kona, Hawaii, then yes, yeah. it'll be from there. This all reminds me of a story of, uh, of it was a great little monologue by Mike Daisy called How Theater Failed America. Uh, and, uh, it's just basically about how that so many theaters, uh, that have some, when they, you get in bed with corporate America and try and do this. And he, he talked about going to a theater where they had this incredibly beautiful lobby and just like it, like you could want to just move into the lobby and have all that. But, but if you go down three floors, they have this like a hundred seat, uh, experimental space. And the artistic director said, you know, here we can do whatever we want to. <laughs> and like, is that why you built this whole thing? Because they're down there and three floors up, there's uh, they're doing a revival of Greece with a third tier reality star. But in this 99 seat space, oh, we can still do whatever we want. It's uh, 
I don't know. Yeah. Is that well, analogy? Is that analogy apt at all? Is that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's like it's, it, it's like they kind of they, it, it's it's it, there's a little bit of like prostitution. There's like we will sell our name so you can sell <laughs> garbage beer all over the world as long as in this 500 foot space we can make stuff we're proud of. Well, I do want to be clear. Kona's beer is I I do enjoy Kona's oh, yeah. mass okay. stuff yeah. too. I haven't yeah. had a lot of it, so I I. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> I don't mean don't to pick worry. on Kona well, specifically. I'll, I'll, I'll treat you, Captain. We'll we'll get you yeah. some. We'll get you some. Yeah, I, I I think I have had it. I uh, I and I don't want like I'm just, but I'm just saying that like that's that's the sort of the devil's bargain of of craft brew getting involved with the macro people. Is it like okay, will at some point will their name mean less because? there's so many places where the only beer they've had by that brand is not very good. I think that's I could see how that would be a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Bob. No, no, I, I was agreeing. I was because Yeah. It's a, it's a, I think it's a fair analysis. Um, but that gets me to something that's kind of interesting, which is that, you know, we're dealing primarily, we've dealt primarily with like American and British macros today. I, I got my Bud Lime, Bud Light Lime. We've got our Fosters, which is technically British, even though they kind of say it's Australian, yeah. but Every country has its own like massive mass produced beer. And I remember when I was a kid, when we lived on the island of Cyprus, Keo was the light lager that like my dad drank. Like I would go when he would be like, can you run to the store and get me a beer? I at like 14 would quite literally like run to the like Cypriot bodega and pull Akio off the shelf and it, buy it for my dad. And that was just sort of like what they drank. Um, since you have lived all over the place, Globehopper, I'm curious if there are any like inter, like non-American mass yeah. produced beers that stick out to you as being either really excellent or kind of terrible. <laughs> I'm going to go with both. Um, okay. I love options. it. Options. Uh, so mm-hmm. my time in Asia, uh, I didn't mm-hmm. have snow. If you've ever been in China, uh, okay. snow is would be the equivalent of also you may have never heard of this one either but soul um soul soul s-o-l sun um that's a um it's another mexican lager uh the steps down from corona Mm -hmm. okay Okay. uh so you can only imagine uh but it's again it's one of those things that like when i lived in mexico that's what we grew up with and that's what you drank so right. like it's fine. Um the same with in China, it's snow. It's that's just what yeah. it is. Uh but then what we would get a lot of because Hawaii is exactly halfway between Asia and America, uh mm-hmm. we would get a lot of Sapporo and Kirinikiba. Okay. And mm. both of those to this day, if I am having hot pot, if I'm having yakitori. Szechuan, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a Sapporo. Uh, if they have it mm-hmm. on draft, I'm going to have a Sapporo. It's a very, very nice, light, semi-sweet lager. It works really well with that spicy food. I am I mean, I'm just going to have a liter of it because also it's going to be in a liter, which is fantastic. Is, yeah. Kieran, is Kieran the one that just bought Stone? Yes. Yes. I, uh, I mean, speaking of things that some people want to wring their hands about, about though the macro place bought them out. Yeah. But, I, uh, but apparently, from what I understand, that uh, if they hadn't been bought out, they probably would have had to close because they just overextended themselves so much. Yeah. Uh, all the places they went to, they were just in horrible debt. And uh, so Kieran saved them. Very cool. I mean, and and also selling out, but also very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, right, now, you, now, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask if either of you have had it at Kiranikiban. I, I feel I believe like believe so. Yeah. yeah, I think I might have like had it at a sushi place at some point or another. Yeah, that sounds right. It's sweet and and light and refreshing alongside, yeah. at least in my memory, um, and like rem- unremarkable enough to be remarkable. That kind of thing, where it was like it kind of fit exactly what I needed in that moment and nothing more. So I am at this point done with my PBR extra uh, tall boy, and uh, Good I work. feel like I feel like I want to move on to something a little more. I I I, uh, I don't know if I have the song cue ready for this one, but I uh, I did pull a little something from the Captain Cellar because uh, oh. I thought that would be a, a really exciting thing 
uh, to preview something that I'm going to be doing very soon. Uh, so what I have got, I from got from Listerman Brewing Company oh. called, uh, I liked Listerman before it was cool. Oh. This is a cake stout with angel food, cake, and vanilla. So oh. not, as far as pastry stouts, not incredibly sweet, but some of those sweet things there. And this is a 14% ABV. Oh, Captain. Here Captain, we go. You, are, you, have, you have outdone yourself. Well, you know, help me finish if 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 we uh, if we have can't figure out how to land this thing. Uh, all right, so let's just yeah. pour this out. I, I brought it since since we're being so people of the people. I decided to be moving to really snooty, and I've got a wine glass here. Of course Ooh. you do. I mean, well, it's coming directly out of the bottle and out of the cellar, and it is literally black gold. Like yes, that with is a very oil. very subtle head there. Yeah. In fact, this one could be in an oil can. There's how that sound, there's how that sound cue works. All there's right. how that sound cue works. Excellent. Just oh, letting it, every oh drop drip out there. Yeah, no, you don't there waste any go. of this nonsense. No, you absolutely not. Let's well, get it, get a little photo up here. I mean, does it feel like it may be time for a palate cleanser? I Glow think pepper? so. I think so. Okay, well, do All you right. do you have a little something? I do uh let me see here i've got options so let me see mm. the globe hopper never co- always comes prepared which i always appreciate uh you know what i'll go with so i'm unless you want to go first no it please would, please would, okay um, no, it would, it would, you, you are the guest you are the guest but who's not really a guest you're basically a regular but you're kind you're of you're a guest. beer avenger yeah i'm a full-on yeah. beer avenger so I know we've talked about Allagash before mm-hmm. and everyone knows Allagash white. So yes. I thought I would help them out a little bit because a lot okay. of people don't realize that they also do dark beers very well. Ooh. And so I have, this is one of my favorite seasonal beers. So I had to bring this one on. Uh, this course. is the Allagash haunted house. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I know we're a little early into that season, but it's okay. It's, well, time. it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Yeah. Uh, so this is a hoppy dark ale. So just, there we go. Nice little crack. Good one. Yeah, Glowpopper, I think that about a year ago, That's right? That's gorgeous. No, that is quite gorgeous. That's beautiful. Right before the hazy lady left town, when you and I were at Barcade in Brooklyn, I feel there was some dark Allagash beer that we were talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. That was the Allagash. Gash, night shift. I oh, right. Yeah. Or night sky. Sorry. I apologize. Not, yeah, I'm, that was a really I'm good one. Doing my hook up, hook up right on the spot. Uh, Perfect. So that is the. Allagash. Honestly, with as much of we, we've had like, they've been tall boys and they're not. Yours weren't incredibly high VV. Mine was yeah. not incredibly, but it was. Yeah. It, I'm feeling it. Uh, Just so you have this right there. This is, this is the part of the, this is part of the show. It is. Look, it's art, guys. We're doing a whole thing. Yeah. Oof. Oh, that's... I've got to find one of those. That looks great. I know. That actually does look really beautiful. It's so good. You get the the bitterness, but also the chocolatiness. Uh, It's just so good. You know, I think there need to be more of those. I mean, uh, no no disrespect to the Oktoberfest, a.k.a. Marzen, and mm-hmm. the uh, and, and the pumpkin beers that we all see out there, but uh, haunted house dark beers, I'm all for it. We need more of those. Yeah. Also, the pu- the pumpkins are back. It's September one, and the pumpkins. I haven't are back. seen a lot of them yet. Is. I believe you, but I haven't. I've seen already them. had one. I'm just see gonna... see see. I knew that. I knew that about you, Glowpopper. Well, let's find out your beer first, and then Fair. I'll t- let you know what I got. Okay. Well, okay. So mine is. To the shock of no one, and also because I felt like we kind of had to do it. Even on this episode, it is a... Sponsored pour! A sponsored pour from our friends at the Beer and Cheese Collective. Excellent. Yes. It is from Three's Brewing Company, which I know we have a fraught relationship with, but, you know, we're there. Um, It is the Out of Focus Extra Special Bitter Ale. Looking beautiful like this. I would like to describe to you the untapped um, tasting notes, just because I find them... Utterly delightful. Yeah. Um, orange marmalade, golden raisin, autumn honey, toasted English muffin, and shift beer. All right. 
I, so, I, I think that's like a haiku, but it's too many it, syllables. But yeah, it's a journey is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's like breakfast. It's just breakfast. Yeah, it's mostly a breakfast beer. So we're just going to pop this one open and see how this looks. Um, but I mean, it is it is definitely amber enough to fit that description. Decent head retention. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I am definitely getting honey and raisin on the nose. Big fan. Very nice. Beautiful beer. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I am curious to find out what's happening with threes and if that, that douchebag who uh, said all those horrible things, uh, what his deal is, if he's still making money from them and all that. So I, uh, I, 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 I didn't mean that to be too much of a monologue, but it, it seemed to become one. Uh, no, what are, I think have you heard? I, 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 yeah, but, go ahead. But, no, I think, I I was think that's say, fair because I've, haven't drank them for probably like six months now because of that. And I'll see them in the store and I'm like, should I? No, I'm going to go over here instead. I know we still, I mean, I have, I have walked, I have walked past them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and their distribution is certainly there, but, um, but I hope that, and and I do hope that the staff is doing well because I know that the staff was sort of separate from all of that. Um, but that does not excuse the fact that my, while my beer does taste like fall, like honey and raisins and English muffins, the Globehopper has had our first pumpkin beer of the season. So we are going to need to have the seasonal report. So it is not your traditional pumpkin beer, um, because why would I, but it it was actually our friends at Bronx brewery. I'm just going to give them a quick shout out. They have been killing it the past year. Uh, yeah, Beer so Wonder I, and I went to the new space in the uh, East Village. It was great. I don't know if oh, you've been there yeah, yet or not. No, that but, space yeah. is fantastic. I was there mm-hmm. a few weeks ago as well. It was a oh, very nice. lovely place. Um, I had, not there though, but I did have a can of their Tattooed Pumpkin, which is a pumpkin oh. IPA. Probably Ooh. the first pumpkin IPA I have ever had. Okay, now, now as, you're talking. As we know, usually a pumpkin is going to be a brown ale or right. a saison or something that has those spices to it. This was just enough pumpkin in the finish, but you had that IPA taste. So it mm. was just, it was just a lovely beer, honestly. Um, so yeah, that was my first pumpkin beer. I haven't gotten any of the pumpkin warlocks. I've held off on those. Yeah. And now I need to know, was this so, cause like it is September one. So we are sort of like edging our way towards fall. We haven't hit labor day yet, so we can still wear white shoes. I hear, but, um, uh, but I got to know, when did you have this beer? Was this it, like mid August? Like how like early are we weeks. starting? It was a couple weeks ago. So it was like early August. Yeah. Mid August, mid August. You know, honestly, it's fair because the the people want to get it out soon enough where they can sell a lot of it, but they also realize that. that once we hit November first, they can't sell it at all. That's no true. one yeah, wants it, true. so they have to get it out there soon enough to to flood the market. Um, I, I I'm I'm uh, I I'm sorry I'm 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 a little overwhelmed with these beers I've had tonight. Uh, did I, <laughs> I did I did I how did I I know I said there was a reason I I was pouring this beer. Did I say why? I don't remember if I, I don't did. Believe okay, me, so I don't know. Okay, yeah. so so if I'll, when I'm editing, I'll see if this all makes sense. If it all, I can the, the, piece it together. Write drunk, edit sober. That's what they say. I honestly, right? I, th- I think, I think that's that's one of the, the beauties of our of this show that uh, that that we are we drink real beer during it and mm-hmm. we we accept whatever consequences come from that. Uh, this well, is from so as, I, as I mentioned. This is from Listerman. It may not be that. I think yeah. I've had this. Uh, uh, something from this brewery on the show. Anyway, Cincinnati Brewery, uh, Southern Ohio. And in a couple of weeks, I will be heading to Dayton for the annual Golden Mile. Oh, you did not mention that, but that is an important, that is a sacred Beer Avenger moment. It, it truly is. Uh, and, you know, I'm not sure everyone knows the history of the Golden Mile. So I noticed recently, if anyone has HBO or HBO Max, which is essentially the same thing or whatever, uh, that the movie The World's End is apparently on there, at least the last time I checked it was. Uh, and that's where the, the title comes from. That's where the whole, it's about a bunch of friends getting together for a big pub crawl. Uh, but I will be, that will be happening on September 17th. And uh, Beer Wonder, do you think we should have the Incredulous Bulk back on uh, um, for a recap of that? 
We will need a full recap yeah, of the experience okay. in, in in explicit detail because yes. that's our, that's what our listeners demand. They do, they do. The mm-hmm. all all ten or twenty of them, uh, or or I'm sorry, all tens of them. Let's say all. Yes, the, thank you. There, there, literally tens of people are curious about. Yes, this. but most, but most importantly, as you know, the aliens demand it. Well, of course they do. Yeah. I uh, see. I mean, I, I, and if we let down the interstellar beings that obviously listen to this beer cast, then like, what are we even doing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I, we, we really want to make sure they uh, know where to go for a good beer when they finally decide to land. Uh, I mean, it really is. experiencing the craft beer scene is uh, depending on your perspective is a lot better than random anal penetration of, of hayseeds and yokels. Well, you yeah, know. right. It, it, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to downgrade that. If that's your thing, do it. Uh, but uh, why, what, why can't we have a little from column A and a little from column B? It's just what you I'm know, you make here. a very good point there, Beer <laughs> Wonder. You. I, uh, I, I think, I think that we can have both. I think, yes. I think well, that we're in a world where you know, it's uh, we don't have to, we don't have to be so so uh, binary about the whole thing. I know, I know. Well, speaking of. Uh, this is a hard transition, but it actually yeah, works I in my hear head. It. Uh, speaking of aliens with anal penetration and enjoying craft beer put together, I do want to talk briefly about my week in beer. Oh, um, please. <laughs> because we, we, we are going to get here, I promise. Uh, but I did have a ch- I mentioned, I've already teased this a little bit, but our dear friends at Coney Island Brewery um, did have a an excellent uh drag show within their brewery and it was the very first time i've ever been to a drag event at a brewery it was a ton of fun uh they are now doing it the last saturday of every month going into the winter so if you needed a reason to get yourself down to coney island I mean, it's lovely, but also, well, eh, okay, fine. But it, there's a great reason to go down to the brewery because it's also like an earliest drag show. It's like Saturdays at five. So you can have a couple and then like have an evening after that. Okay. Um, and uh, and they also uh, have an excellent new Goza out there that is pirate themed um, that I cannot recommend highly enough. Uh, I drank it all night and enjoyed it very much. But I did want to give a great shout out to our Coney Island Brewery friends um, for keeping the drag spirit alive, keeping the weird at coney island and continuing to put out good beers so uh the 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 coney island brewery scene is going strong and i felt like it needed to be mentioned yeah i need to i need to one of these days uh i'm not especially since i'm i'm uh going out and working in the world again uh one of these days i'm not i'm already at the bottom of manhattan so one of these days when you're working at coney island and i'm working at uh at the bottom of manhattan we need to to get together and go to Coney Island Brewery. Yeah. Well, this day will be passed, but March third they are do or excuse me, March September third they are doing a pint for a pint, meaning if you give them a pint of blood, they will give you a pint of beer. And let's just say, I get out of work at five forty five down there, and it ends at six. I am running down Surf Avenue to give my pint. For I, my I pint. would come. I would come down to join you, but apparently the uh, the night runner. Uh, oh. has invited me to his, his abode for a, a karaoke party that night. Ooh, that is very exciting. So clearly I have to go out and run out and buy a six-pack of Founders Porter so I can... Uh, Naturally! I your local bodega. Handed. Yes. But hopefully sometime before the end of the month, you and I can uh, figure out somewhere where our schedule m- meets up and I can I can go down to Coney Island because I haven't been there in a while. I know. Well, you're welcome anytime. Uh, uh, any reports for the globe hopper or um the captain of our weekend beer well i, I want to hear you know uh, the last time we had globe hopper on here i think we were previewing where we were premiering whatever one of you the uh, your home brews uh yes, which yes. is something you've been which keeping up wonderful with. Um, yes in fact i, I have, have a hard time when, when when you send me one of your beers give me one of your beers i should say i always want to make sure i have someone to share it with uh and and a couple of weeks ago, you said you're you're brewing a new one, and I'd had your last one in my refrigerator for a while. So I told the Belgian babe, you know, we have to sh- we have to have the Globehopper's beer tonight because I have to give him the bottle back, which we did, and Very it was important. wonderful. And the other night, the other day, you and I met uh, right yeah. near. Uh, we met at Iconic Brewery. Uh, I don't know if we've had any of their beer on the show, but if not, we should. Uh, and then so. you and I went to. I, I gave you your bottle. 
uh, so you could brew your beer. And then we went to the uh, the Baroness. Yeah, which is a lovely place. It was the first Boulevard. time I had been there. And I know you've yeah. mentioned them on the show before. Um, yeah, they've only been in that location for about a year, I think. Yeah. No, it's great beer. Um, good burgers as well. Mm-hmm. As you oh, have. important. Very important. important. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I stuck it very simple. I think I had a Pilsner and a cream ale. Um, mm. Oddly enough, they both ended up being from other half, which yeah. was just what it was, which is fine. Sure. Um, I mean, they make good beer. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been mostly at home brewing, which has been good times. Uh, yeah. So I did give you guys that one. Uh, that was an amber ale i believe it was delicious it was uh, yeah it, it was technically an amber ale but it was a little darker than what i usually yeah it was an amber ale yeah, it was it was, it was a, and, it, and and it was uh it was bold it did yes. its job yeah. it did its job extremely it really well good. it showed up and performed and i was proud i gave it a dollar i was pleased yeah. so that one slipped I it right was... into the g-string there huh Quick. <laughs> yep uh yeah um so with that one i know that that one was a higher ABV, and that oh, yes. one is what actually uh, prompted me to get an actual hydrometer. So now I know what oh, nice. ABVs are. Um, but yeah, no, I have three. So I have one beer that I just finished brewing, and I actually just popped the first bottle last night. Um, it is a. It is actually a gluten-free golden ale. Oh, so uh, exciting. That was conditioned on honey. Uh, Hawaiian honey, because why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was supposed to be a Belgian golden strong ale, but it's a session golden strong ale. So I think those counteract and that just goes down <laughs> to a golden ale. Um, it's like a 5% Fair. beer, but yeah. it, um, it is gluten free. And so it is a very nice, lovely beer. I did not pop it on the show tonight because it is overly carbonated and ah. it went all over my kitchen. So, Ugh. Uh, Ugh. so that's why we don't do it on the show. Um, but So I, I do want to ask, what did you use as your fermentable sh- or as your grain then to make it a uh, gluten-free beer? Yep. So I stuck with uh, extract brewing because I live okay. in Brooklyn and carrying yes. 10 pounds of grain six floors up. Hard pass. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so it is extract. So it was, um, it was sorghum extract with oat flakes and rice sugar. Uh, and then there was also some Belgian candy sugar in there. And then I conditioned it on, uh, Manuka honey, um, as the priming sugar to create the carbonation. And it did its job very, very well. Yeah, well I, I love that the Globehopper is making brewing beers, keeping with his uh, his uh, profile as far as like as international as possible. Like all sorts of continents are represented in your in the way you brew your beer. Well, I do have some traditional ones. I do have a. There's pale ale. I mean, there's Caribbean, there's Asian. Yeah. It's all in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, there is. There's going to be some Asian in my next one. I have to bottle it. I just. Yeah. have to bottle it uh and that one will actually be have some uh chinese five spice in it as well oh fun uh, and cool. then i have i just got a, a classic Ameri- american ipa you know i just got that one oh you said that, fermenting that little thing that little yeah. thing he's just hanging out yeah. in the closet yeah but he'll come doing, out doing closet, his job don't worry eventually yeah we'll get there it's fine it's fine also eventually. i will i will happily take a bottle of any of those uh i was gonna say once the glow popper opens a brewery which i honestly just feel is the natural progression of this. it's gonna happen uh, yeah 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 it's 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 just what's about to happen but or at least starts working at a brewery um i will be there weekly uh, and if you're not drinking the glow poppers beer which you're not you should at least dm us or send us an email or something and we'll hook you up because yeah. the the, oh, I yeah. like the challenge of, of brewing at home is that like you just have a lot of beer left over yeah and that's my problem i'm coming into is that i have a bottled batch a batch that needs to be bottled and then i have another one fermenting ah which is a lot that is, um also for reference the trifecta for all, yeah and for reference for all of our listeners our listeners this beer is getting to me. No, uh, you, no you, you are a beer vendor. You're one of them. Yes. Yeah. You are. You can, you can. Yes. Yeah. The it doesn't matter how many. Hour. 
Yeah. Uh, you've been on this show. You've been, you may have been on this show more than Nutpool. Say what you will about Nutpool. Anyway, continue. Say what you will. Say what you will. Um, but Honestly, those... though, this would have been the perfect episode for him if he were in town. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. that's his loss. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> Sorry, well, I didn't mean to go on a tangent <laughs> No, it's there. okay. Uh, each batch is two and a half gallons. Woof. So that's doesn't sound like a lot when you're brewing, but that's a lot you have to drink. Yeah. It's a lot of beer. So, yeah, that's my problem. That's why you, That's why you're so I good should. at sharing. Just, yeah, yeah. Because well, I can't drink two and a half gallons. Well, I shouldn't drink two and a half gallons by true. myself. You will if you need to. I mean, if it's required of you, it, it will happen. That's fine. Well, a beer venture steps up when, when, when asked. That's what we do. Yes. Of course. All right. Well, I think I... Uh, Either we've come to the end of the thing, or I've just I'm I'm just nowhere where I. Well, I mean, anything else we thing. need to talk about here? Well, I mean, I just do want to mention that if you're not yeah. following the Beer Avengers on Instagram, the Wandering Huck found himself in Baltimore. Oh yeah, that was the great stuff on there. For reasons that um, we really can't talk about because we do we don't want to out the specifics of uh, our no. dear cider girl, um, but uh, they did in uh, engage with our dear friends at City Brew Tours and their Baltimore location and seemed to have a really yes. good time. I think uh, they, they saw so some if, exotic animals while they were there too. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, just one or two or five or twenty. Yeah. Um, so if you're not following us on the gram, get over there because there's good beer to be found in Baltimore and an excellent field report from our dear Huck. Who will be back on hopefully the next episode to tell us all about it? Exactly. We need the report from the field. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's on this episode uh, singing, but uh, his his lack of a spectral presence means that's all he can do this week. But he will. I, did I say that right? I'm not even sure what that meant. What I just said. It was perfect. perfect. We're just gonna let it sit. We're just excellent, sit. excellent. This is a beer podcast, so that's all fine. Um, anything else we need to cover before, uh, the spectral Huck plays us out? I, I tip your bartenders, tip your bartenders. Absolutely. And, uh, and thanks everyone for listening. It's been wonderful having you here. Hope you, you found something interesting here and, uh, hope we will be seeing you all in the future. And, uh, and now I think that's the end of the show and Huck is going to play us out. With the beer, 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 beer vengers, beer, 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 beer vengers, beer, 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 beer vengers. With the beer vengers.